greater Boston area, you are listening to the My Turn podcast brought to you by the Tufts University Education Reentry Network. These are stories of life during and after incarceration told by people who are living it and working to overcome the odds. You know, there's one thing that I've learned while incarcerated prior to, you know, doing any type of college programming. Spent some time in DDU. My time in DDU, solitary confinement, was a pivotal moment in the sense that that's the time that I actually took reading serious. I also found that the more I read, the more I got upset because I found the less I knew. And I thought I knew a lot already. As a young person, we grew up believing that the world is ours, that we're infallible, you know, that nothing can touch us. That's how it was with me when I first started to read in solitary confinement. And there were so many days that I literally threw a book at a wall because I got upset. I got upset about what I was learning and how it was just waking up so many different parts of my brain that I hungered for more knowledge. And I could at least take charge of this moment and become the best of myself. You know, I'm growing from trauma, you know? I'm becoming what I need to be. My name is Joseph. Uh, I served about 20 years of incarceration on uh, a murder conviction. How you doing? My name's Raheem. My first time getting arrested, I was with a couple of friends. We were doing stupid stuff. Um, my buddies had robbed a guy, and I was there. When I said I was there, I was the guy like standing up. You could call me the lookout. I literally was like, yo, y'all are crazy. Like, what are y'all doing? My name is um, Shakira um, Abdullah. My story is a very, very long story. I spent 30 years in prison for a crime um, I didn't commit. Um, However, I don't complain about it that much because it transformed my life. The fact that I didn't stop it, I regret, you know, but um, I was like 15, you know, I was young and um, we all get caught. And that was the beginning of, you know, you know, dealing with courts and all that. It was crazy. Um. <laughs> it is really nerve wracking for individuals after they complete their first 15 years uh, to be eligible for parole in the sense that anything can happen after that. Back and forth for, you know, misdemeanors left and right, get arrested back when weed was illegal. I've <laughs> been to jail for weed, you know, for a little bit. I had a warrant, I get pulled over in Brookline, I go to jail in Brookline, I, you know, stay the night there, they transfer me to Nashua Street, and I stay the night there, I stay the whole day night there, and, and that was like a whole nother, whole nother thing, because by the time I actually do get to Dorchester Court, that was just enough to have me just not want to ever deal with that again. Um, You know, and uh, so I met a lot of guys, a lot of tough guys. And 
to hear some of the stories that some of the guys would go through because they did a lot of bad things when they first came into prison and all those things are catching up to them, you know? And I just sit back and I reflect like, oh, I'm glad I was never tested that way. My journey is a whole journey of just transformation and a lot of um, obstacles and misfortunate situations and to come out um, better than uh, it was before I went into education is, uh, is uh, I'm very fortunate, so. I mean, I grew up in Dorchester, so I went to, sc I went to school in Mecco, which uh, bust inner city kids to suburb schools. So that's a whole nother like side of the playing field, a whole different, you know, atmosphere. Um, I was out there all the way up until I got kicked out and did my senior year at Dorchester High, which was Boston Public, uh, which was like straight out of the movies. Like, you know, if you went to class, like I swear people playing cards over there, there's like three textbooks. It was a dramatic difference from you know, a, a suburban school. And, um, you know, I feel like I was just mad at myself for the, all the opportunities <laughs> that I squandered. Um, but, you know, after I went to school there, I still didn't even graduate. When I got done with that, it was just like a joke. And I went right after that and got my GED. When I think about uh, all the things that my mom was going through and we were going through as a family and the education I was getting from school at the time, that education really wasn't addressing that what I was going through. So anyway, I ended up dropping out of uh, high school, I think in the ninth grade. Uh, the very next year at the age of 16, I went to the University of Alabama and got a, a GED. And, and even after I got the GED, I still didn't utilize it in terms of, you know, um, uh, expanding my education because there's social orders in America. You know, early on, I knew like if I wanted to go to college, it was I have to figure out some way to get money or some grants or some type of, you know, I'm great at basketball or some type of something to help me get through this process that, you know, for other people, it was super easy. It was, you know, before they were born, it was taken care of. Um, so like. I just knew from the beginning it was the odds were stacked against me for school. But as far as like wanting an education, it's like everybody wants education, but how much do you want it if you go somewhere that they don't want you to want it? You know what I mean? So that's what I had to deal with. You know, Tuppet Inside Out got to conquer. It was, yeah, this is where I belong. This is what I need. I started taking college courses when I was transferred to Louisiana. And um, they presented uh, a college course on business management. So that's when I first started taking college. Uh, I thought it was fun. I thought it was exciting. I thought it was a challenge. You know, I got good grades. And then I was brought back to Massachusetts and 
I was trying to get put to Norfolk, you know, so, cause that's the only place that they had college, inside prison. So that was my objective, let me get to Norfolk. As much as I can try, I'm gonna always try. I got my lawyer involved in everything. It just wasn't, there was no budge. Then, uh, you know, Hillary came, you know, for, you know, the first cohort inside out class, you know, and initially I didn't think I was gonna get in, you know, and then I did get in. When the college courses were offered, I wasn't initially accepted into the uh, first cohort. Um, I received a letter and they told me I hadn't been accepted. So the following week, I got another, another letter that I didn't receive. I went to the law library and one of the officers asked me, he said, did they call you for school? I said, no. He said, what's your name? And I told him my name and he went to the end of the hallway and came back. He said, yeah, they called you for this class. And so I went down there and it was the college class. And so that's how I initially ended up getting in, um, getting in the class. For me, it was a little bit different. So then I got in, me and another guy, we was in the law library, we was writing something up. And uh, the principal came to me, he said, hey, you wanna do the interview? And I was like, yo, I'm in shorts. And I got my dog. He's like, bring your dog. It doesn't matter about the shorts, just go on in there. And I went in there, Hillary was sitting there and another staff member and, you know, we got to talking. And, I got accepted like a couple of weeks later. And uh, I mean, that experience alone, you know, the inside out classes just was great. You know, it was, uh, it was something that I was really looking forward to because I already had a little bit of prison college experience, you know, but this was very much different because the last one was just, you know, guys from inside, you know, we're learning from inside. And we was learning from a professor that's never thought of herself as ever coming into prison, you know, so she came in with her own hangups. You know, um, <clears throat> and then when I got to the Tufts, it was just very different. You know what I mean? It was, it was inside out. We had Medford students in there and it was a great collab, you know, the best it could be possibly made inside prison. I don't believe in anything as being haphazard. I think that was all designed to be that way, uh, even though I didn't have no input in it. So this is how I uh, end up getting uh, involved with the uh, college program on the inside. Yeah, you know, in prison, a guy coming in or a woman coming in and knowing that they could get good time credit, a deduction off their sentence, if they do a certain amount of programs a year, that's a hustle. They're hustling their way through the system, doing everything possible just to get home so that they could get back into the mess they probably was in before. The difference with, I think, the difference with uh, what Tuppet is providing is the opportunity of my turn. Because it's a program that exists within prison, but there's an extension to that program upon release. You know, no other prison program is providing that. And that's the big difference. You know, so you have an opportunity to educate yourself while there and then be a part of a community when you get out. And knowing that that exists, that right there changes their whole hustle. We met a lot of good people and uh, it was certainly something that we expected every week, like, yeah, I can't wait till next week when class comes again. You know, so it also helps the time go by faster. You know, because if you're just sitting with the same monotony every day, time seems to drag. But if you have something to uh, look forward to, you know, if it's not a visit, then at least it's college class. <clears throat>
in that lot of time to go by a lot faster, you know. To my turn uh, by just trying to exhaust all the different avenues of like finding a meaningful career. Um, I'm an artist and a chef. For me, um, education was was one of those things that I knew when I was in high school and I got kicked out of high school. You know, pipeline to prison. It was. It was crazy that the first thought that came to my mind when I got kicked out of school was that like I'd, I'll never go to college, you know? Like I'll, I'll never be able to afford that. It's, you know, get a job, join society, and so on. So um, school, like I just never really had that, you know, I'll go to school because like I can't afford to pay. So um, I had a couple programs that I was doing that opened doors to then have people, uh, you know, reach out and say, hey, would you be interested in a program called My Turn, and um, you know, I took that opportunity, which has been awesome for me to further my education. I didn't have like a um, a correct understanding of education in terms of it benefiting your life and and uh, helping you out with those issues and situations that you was going through and stuff like that. With My Turn, it's different because you meet so many people on your journey, students, uh, professors, and it has a, a, a tendency to transform the way you think, the way you live. Your consideration about things are more about those people than it is you just going out and doing an act. You know what I'm saying? And how would they feel if something like this happened? So it transforms your life in many ways that we don't even understand or recognize. Uh, I'm probably able to explain this only because of the experience itself. Had this experience not presented itself, that explanation wouldn't have been even spoken about. Uh, yes, I agree. And uh, I, I feel like for me, it was, it's a little different. Like I've been out for long, like a while longer than y'all. So like the fact that I look at you all and I'm like, damn, y'all accomplished so much in such a short time. It gives me no excuse for what the hell have I been doing with all my time and I think it makes it it makes you know it makes me want to work harder to be like you know I don't have an excuse and you know I think the biggest part was I wasn't ready to take that step and to be like all right I'm done messing around when I got presented the opportunity to do this program like I didn't want to do it and the first like I would say the first like month was hard it was real hard um it's like do I, do I fit in here like um yeah, it was a lot of listening and I was like, you know what? This is definitely gonna help. This is definitely gonna help the direction I'm trying to go. Like, I'd be crazy to pass up this opportunity. Yeah, I wanted to say something about um, the Met for students. There's a uh, reciprocity between us and them that shows that human beings need other human beings. Everyone that start out in life the same way. So when I'm sitting beside one of these Met for students, I don't look at them no different because I didn't start out the way that they started out and they didn't start the way I started out. However, we are learning and growing from uh, one another. And that's the beauty of that. That's, the, uh, that's actually the paradigm of how the world should work, that 
we should help one another. You know what I mean? So just on a microcosm, we have it here. Um, so when I look at them, I don't see it no different. I see them as um, helpmates. And it's reciprocal because I could teach them things about the street life, you know, that they would be um, oblivious to that would save their life. And they could teach me things about college that I'm oblivious to that might help your grade. Yeah, help me. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> help my grade. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. You know, so I think that that experience itself for me is unique. Uh, yeah. I think I'm still here because of the support. Um, it's been tremendous to get support uh, that I never, you know, never asked for and never even thought I could get um, as far as like just people believing in me and, you know, not wanting to let down my, my classmates, you know, like it's like a lifeline for me. I just don't want to waste this opportunity. And that's very important too, because again, it goes back to our own experiences. We all come from you know, diverse backgrounds. You know, we know what we know. You know, I think that there's a great exchange here because whereas I might not know how to, even though I know Venn diagrams, but let's just say I don't know Venn diagrams and I'm asking a metric student, hey, help me out with this. You know, when it comes to talking about what they want to know about prison, I got all the details on that. You know, like I know the nuances. You know, like all those little things that, you know, some people would never even try to understand or think that there was a great difference, but there is, you know? I like that sitting next to these Medford students, like five years, 10 years, 20 years, like they're gonna be people that have positions of power that learn from this, you know, environment that we're all in, you know, that's gonna change the perception that society makes normal, that society upholds with all the stuff you see. You know, a lot of people believe what is on TV and social media, like that's how they live their lives. Like it, it explains, you know, you drive behind somebody and they're driving super slow and you're like, yo, what are they doing? They're not paying attention. You know, they're on their phone. They're, they're not paying attention, they're lost, you know? And I feel like with this class, like it's, it's awesome to be able to be a part of something that like, I hope you guys get to a place where you see somebody remind you of me and you give them a chance to prove you wrong, you know what I mean? Instead of just acting on that, you know, oh, this person's probably no good and, and you treat them accordingly. Like, this class is cool because, like, everybody, nobody, I, I, didn't, I didn't feel judged at all in this class. Like, I, I really felt welcomed and I, I know that, like, that changes, you know, some, a manager, you got to hire somebody. Like, you all will have a different look on people that look like me, you know? It's no us without you guys. It's no you guys without us. We could reflect that history, you know, the fact that they took away uh, Pell Grants from prison, the fact that they took away, you know, colleges in prison, you know, a lot of states still fought to keep them there and they found ways where they could still go in and teach. But for the most part, the funding was taken away. You know what I mean? But it was, the damage was already done. If a person spends one month in prison, they need to rehabilitate. But if you're still that same person that you were before you got locked up, what is there to rehabilitate? You was okay before you got to prison. The thing is, is that prison traumatizes you so much 
that you need to rehabilitate, not because there was something wrong with you prior to incarceration. No, there's something wrong with you because of incarceration. But yeah, I want to make it yes, the norm to be, you know, if you go to prison, then you have to go to, yeah. you have to go do some program and learn something. You're here for four years, then you can get a degree. Here's Absolutely. how we can help you. Although so many men and women can be successful on their own, there are so many blockades by, you know, probation, parole. You cannot act, interact with other persons that have been incarcerated, you know. And those other persons may be the ones to help you out, you know. And it might not just be through a job or a program. It could just be in other ways that are very supportive that the parole and probation do not see that as something that's beneficial. Absolutely. I think, you yeah. know, like the biggest part was like I was ready to, yeah. to do something different and yeah. come here. Yeah. And you know, and I and I and I agree with you. Like, I don't know why society, why we just accepted that that's a society norms to you know, just like you know, make it hard for people to get to where they have to go. Yeah, no, no doubt. But like you said, we should make this a norm. You know what I mean? And not so much as the idea of an exception. You know, because that's sad all in itself. You know what I mean? That's truly sad. There is uh, human resilience in every human being and that they only just need to be given the opportunity. Both of you all are getting out like with your feet running, <laughs> like accomplishing things, you know. And um, I look at like, well, what was I doing two years ago? Um, I sit beside a person, he says a murderer, he's in prison for 30 years. But that's not something that I detect. You know, I sit beside a person that's been in prison for 20 years, that's been in uh, lockup and everything that you would think a maniac, but I sit beside him and it doesn't appear that way to me. You know, I'm sitting beside a person that's been locked up just a few years. You know, he doesn't seem like a maniac to me. So what difference is between me and them is that resilience. Seeing people that have like gone through like Y'all did mad time, you know what I'm saying? Like, like trust me, like, every day I'm just like, damn, I, like, like y'all don't know that you're stronger than me, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That I look up to you all, um, you know, like, when I make art, like, I do think of you all, like, you know, I'm like, I want to make this, damn, I wonder what they would think, you know, I wonder how they would look at it, and, like, I value all you guys' stories and stuff you're going through, because I, you know, I don't need to put that shoe on to understand like y'all speak it so well. So thank y'all, you know, like it's, it's pure motivation to be like, damn, I got to like step my game up, <laughs> you know? Yeah, no, that's cool. That's definitely cool. You got to step your game up. We all do. You're an inspiration as well, you know, to see you doing the things that you do, the art, you know, your ambition. And at the same time saying, you know what, I'm not going to settle for less. You know, because I believe in myself to be worthy of much more. You know, so that is even inspiring. You know, when the, um, that motivates me, you know, to say, you know what? This young man's been out here. He's been doing it. He's making something of himself. And uh, I need to do that myself. You know what I mean? So don't think that it's just one-sided, you know. And that's just the reality with the whole community in itself. You know, we all are learning from one another. We all are being inspired by one another. You know, it takes time, but when we finally see it, we're like, huh, 
and I'm very conscious of it, you know what I mean? The moment I hear one of you guys speak, I'm like, wow, that's amazing what they just said, you know what I mean? And it just, it clicks and it's just like, wow, there's a beautiful mind there, you know? And I'm, I'm, I admire it all the time. The reality is, is that, you know, um, it may look like we hit the ground running, but we just make it look good. You know, there's, there's a lot of internal struggles that go on, behind the scenes struggles. But I just realized, you know what, I'm free and I'm enjoying life. Whatever happens will happen. You know, everything in this due time. You know, and I think that's something that, you know, for myself and Shakir, you know, Shakir, I, I think Shakir is way more patient than I, you know, to sit behind a wall after 30 years and, you know, say, hey, I'm innocent of this and nobody really cares until like decades later and people really try to help you pick up the pieces so that you can come back out. Oh man, that's some serious patience. While incarcerated, you hear a lot of stories of a lot of guys that come home after doing an excessive amount of time. They're afraid to socialize with others, you know, or they're so used to being isolated that they love being in their own room in the house away from everybody for days. And then you find that you can only function if you go back, but you don't register that. You know, that's, that's, a, that's a seed in the thought that just sits there until you go back to prison and then you're flourishing all over again behind the prison walls. You know, so having my turn as, as a duo, college and reentry, where we're able to build that, this type of community, it's, it's very supportive for us. Going to prison, going to prison was very important to me because it added another dimension, it added another dimension to my education, which redefined my whole life. Like seriously, like yo, take advantage of this. Think about your future. Get to Boston when you get out. Even if you live in Springfield, Holyoke, like get to Boston. If you got to go to another state, think about the possibilities of staying here. You know what I mean? Just to take advantage of this opportunity that truly is once in a lifetime. Everything just came together and made this like beautiful dish. <laughs> Being chef minded, like it just, everything works. So it's like, wow. I'm so happy. And I'm so proud to be in class with you guys. Like with my you know fellow students who've gone through stuff that's like damn like like that's that's life you know like and to learn from it so especially for individuals that have our background you know of growing up in poverty seeing violence all our lives uh being traumatized you know we don't have many opportunities where we could advance ourselves personally you know and not only advance ourselves personally but also find in it the tools to be supportive to others, you know, and I think that's very important. And I think that's where we are today, you know, from coming inside prison to my turn. Everybody's different. And I think me as an individual, I wasn't, it took that process and that path to get to the point where I was just like, yo, I got to do something different. Um, and it's crazy how when you start thinking that, when you say that, like I, 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 have, I wrote on how my bed is, I wrote on the side where the dresser is, stuff that I can say because when you say it, you believe it. When you believe it, it happens. Like it's putting in the universe, you know? I am strong, I am smart, I am beautiful. Like I can, you know, all these, like I can do it.
Thank you for listening to the My Turn Podcast. The My Turn Program is a Tufts University accredited program providing education, mentorship, and a career development support to and by those who have been directly impacted by the criminal justice system. My Turn's objective is to provide an opportunity for each participant to rediscover and reframe their skills, interests, responsibilities, and commitments. This podcast is created and produced in partnership with Jonathan M. Tisch College of Civic Life and the Bridging Differences Grant Program. Music brought to you by Burnell Jones II. Learn more or support My Turn at tubic.org.